This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. back to our number two of tonight's edition of the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell, and the Exxon is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until midnight, right here on your hometown radio, Classic 1220, and streamed around the world on Classic1220.ca. My guest this hour is Dr. R. Craig Hogan. And he is the president of the Afterlife Research and Education Center and the co-founder of Seek Reality Online. He developed the self-guided afterlife communication method that has been used successfully by thousands of people and organized for conferences uh, on the afterlife and afterlife communication. Dr. Hogan has been a professor of business communications at three universities, curriculum and training administrator at two universities and a medical school and a director of his own online business writing school. And uh, it's with great pleasure we welcome Dr. Craig Hogan back to the show. And uh, Dr. Craig, welcome back, sir. Yeah, thank you. It's always a pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. All right, doctor. For the listeners here on your hometown radio classic 1220, Tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you from the three universities that you were at into the world of studying the afterlife. Well, I was drawn into it. It was a wonderful story. I was meeting psychics and mediums every day of my life after the age of 50, and I couldn't figure out why, what was going on. And and so as I delved into it and listened to them talk about mm-hmm. the greater reality and what life is like on the other side, it became intriguing to me. And so I started to delve into it. After a period of time, then I found out that I have psychic abilities. And then when I tried them out, I found that they worked. And it was amazing. I mean, what, what's going on with this world? 
So I can sit in my office in Illinois and I can look at something on somebody's desk a thousand miles away and I can sketch what's on their desk and send it to them and they send back and say the photo and say, sure enough, that's what it was. And so that proves that the mind is not in the brain. And that leads us to the fact that once the brain and the body die, the mind just keeps on going. And so I've delved into it and found out more that, that that's true, had many conversations with people living in the life after this life. And every one of them proves more and more to me. And, and that's the reason I want to get the word out to everyone. Everyone needs to realize there is no death and there are no dead. And so that's my life's mission now. Uh, why do you think it took so long for this, uh, this revelation to, to finally take hold and for people to realize that, hey, there is no death? It was a long progression. In the previous in primitive times, mm -hmm. there was an animism of sorts, and then there were the gods, and after the gods then, the church took over. So from uh, about the, the turn of the first millennium through the, this period of time up until about 1848, the church had sway over spirituality and what life is like and, and is there a life after death and and so it held sway and it made up a lot of things that are not true and it kept people from addressing the issues and from communi communicating with their loved ones who were living in the life after this life then about four centuries ago then science took over and it said, move over, religion. Uh, we've got all the answers. We know now what created life and what life is like and what the universe came from. And now you can just shut up about that spirituality stuff and religions, and we're going to let you know. And, and so materialism took hold. And, and this is the first, when we started about the middle of the 19th century until now, this is the first humanity has ever really understood what happens at the end of this life and what life is like in the life after this life. So we're just now finding it out. And that means that we're bringing this to people and mm -hmm. it's gonna take a few decades for people to get the idea, but everybody will realize that we are eternal beings having a spiritual experience and we continue to live after the body dies. What, what type of experiences have you had, uh, Doctor, uh, that proved to you beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are an eternal being? Well, I've had experiences in communicating with my family, and I can do it myself. Uh, there are many ways that people can communicate with their loved ones living in the afterlife, and they just don't realize it. We have 15 different ways that I explain on the website at seekreality.com. And what happened was that I started communicating. So I was communicating with my mother, and I was communicating with others living in the life after this life. And then I sat in on uh, seances. I sat in a seance with a physical medium named David Thompson mm -hmm. and had an entity from the life after this life who walked over in front of me in the dark, but he walked over in front of me, put his hand on my head and spoke to me for a while. And then these kinds of experiences, and I've had dozens and dozens of these kinds of experiences, they prove to you beyond a doubt that we will live on after the body dies, that we are not in the brain, we are not in the body, 
and that life is eternal and that we can look forward to that wonderful reunion with our loved ones when we go on to the next side. And so that is the, what we're, humanity is just now beginning to realize. And, and it'll take a few more decades, but it will become an obvious truth, just like an obvious truth that you get wet when you go in the water. Uh, Dr. Hogan, how do you think that the revelation and the proving that we are eternal beings will affect religious philosophies around the world? What's going to happen is that the religions are going to have to adjust. So in other words, they started off with their own mythologies. Mm -hmm. There are 4,900 world religions, and there have been many more in the wow. past. So we know that every one of them thinks they've got the truth, and that means that mm -hmm. the other 4,000 or so religions think that they're full of crap. <laughs> and so then what we have to do is realize that some of these religions have some truth in them, and then they have to adjust to the realities of our spiritual lives and the fact that we are eternal beings. And then they're going to have to adjust to that. And if they do adjust to it, if they're successful in adjusting to it, then their religion will survive. If they are not successful, their religion will die. Some people are saying, well, now we live in a post-Christian era mm -hmm. in the United States. And what they're saying is that Christianity is withering. Yeah. Uh, in Europe, it's even worse. There are only about 6 to 8, 10% of the people who go to the church anymore. So the religions are withering. They can revive themselves if they understand the realities of the life after this life and that we can communicate with the peoples living there. If they don't adjust, they will wither and die. Dr. Hogan, what was it like the first time that you realized beyond a shadow of a doubt that you were an, an eternal being. How did you feel? I felt wonderful. I felt like a, a weight had been taken off my shoulders. It's a terrible belief system to believe that somehow when the body and the, and the brain die, that you die with it and, and that you sleep in an eternity and never wake up again. And that's a terrible mythology, and it's absolutely not true. We have more of the evidence that the, the reality is that we live on after the body dies than we have ever had. We know that to be true now. We have 15 areas of methods of people can, can, that can, people can use to communicate with their loved ones living in the life after this life. And so that, that teaches them, that shows them, it proves to them that we live on after the body dies. And so we just have to get rid of the mythologies and then realize the truth. Mm -hmm. We have a wonderful road ahead of us. We'll have wonderful reunions with our loved ones when we go to the other side. And people just have to realize that's true. Do you think that the religious philosophies, especially the Roman Catholic Church, will put up a resistance, put up a fight? Because if people start believing that there is that they are eternal beings, that there is no more use for religious philosophies, that's going to put a big hole in their money-making mechanism called the tithing. Yeah, it is, and the result of that is going to be that they're going to have to adjust to it. They're going to have to learn this, mm -hmm. this way of understanding things. And the religions do revise themselves as they go through time. We saw a Protestant Reformation, which reformed the Roman Catholic Church. Within the Protestant Reformation, there are 38,000 Protestant churches, which means every one of them has attempted to adjust the message to be more real. 
And so we expect that that's going to happen with the religions. They're going to have to adjust their message. They're going to have to look twice at what they, they believe. And, and uh, for instance, the Roman Catholic Church now is much more accepting of, of communicating with people living in the life after this life. And prior to this, in, in the past centuries, the Roman Catholic Church frowned upon it and at one time then would burn people at the stake as witches if they attempted to communicate with people living in the life after this life. So all of that's changed. We're, re, we're now maturing out of that. And the, the Roman Catholic religion is maturing. It is changing. So when we get to the point at which they, it understands the <laughs> fact that we live on after the body dies, then they will continue to live. They will continue to have parishioners come in. If they neglect that, then they will wither away and die. Well, isn't there some way that they can actually incorporate what we know now, thanks to researchers like yourself and Roberta Grimes, that what you're talking about is actually proving the Bible to be right? Yes, I think that what's going to happen is the ones who are wise, those who are in the Christian religion mm -hmm. especially, the ones who are wise are going to adjust their their what they're saying about the life after this life. And they can do that. They can adjust their religion because there are many things in the in the Bible, in the New Testament, that yep. suggest that we live on after the body dies and that we will continue to live. They can then believe that the, the people will live with Jesus and, and with the Father God, and, and that's okay. But they'll then believe that we continue to live and have reunions with our loved ones after the body dies, and we can communicate with them. Once they've come to that point, once they've adjusted their religion to come to that point, then they have a real message. Then they have something they can tell people that is real. And if they do that, then they will survive. If they don't, they will die. Exonation, my guest this hour is Dr. Craig Hogan. The website is seekreality.com. That's www.seekreality.com. And this hour, we're going to be talking about afterlife studies, afterlife communication, the nature of reality. Is there a connection? And this is a question I'm going to pose to you, Craig, for when we come back from the commercial break that we're going to have to take in a few moments. Is there a connection between afterlife studies and the paranormal? Because a lot of the people that we deal with here on the Exxon are investigators of ghost hauntings, out-of-body experiences, near-death experiences, and other categories that up until maybe 20, 30 years ago, were thought to be fringe. And now, because of researchers like yourself and Roberta Grimes and the other people that we have on their sh our show, as well as a public awareness thanks to the internet, what was fringe then is turning to reality now. So when we come back, Craig, that is my question. A small question, I know, but I know you can handle it. Exonation, Craig uh, Hogan is our special guest, www.seekreality.com. And I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard, Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until midnight, right here on your hometown radio, Classic 1220. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin. 
Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Western Bay, and it serves a hundred ships a day. Lonely sailors pass the time away and talk about their homes. And there's a girl in this harbor town, and she works laying whiskey down. They say brandy, fetch another round. Welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. I'm Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada, on your hometown radio, Classic 1220, and streamed around the world on Classic1220.ca. Dr. R. Craig Hogan is our special guest to this hour. We're talking about afterlife studies, afterlife communication, and the the nature of reality. If you want to get more information on this fascinating subject www.seekreality.com So Craig, I guess my question to you is is there a connection between the paranormal and you know when we look at ghosts when we look at hauntings uh, we look at uh, mediumship and the afterlife as you as a researcher understand it Yes there is and we call it paranormal but now it's actually just normal <laughs> and what we're doing now is we're discovering a different world we're discovering a different universe and if we can compare it to Copernicus mm-hmm. in the 16th century and then Galileo in the 17th century and they tried to tell people that the earth is not the center of the universe that in fact the earth it revolves around the sun and they tried to show them by having them look through the telescope and they refused to look And what is happening now is exactly the same kind of thing. We're realizing that the world, reality, is much greater, much bigger than we ever thought it was. And so there are many things now that we are learning that people don't realize is true. They have not realized that ever. And so for the first time in humanity's existence, we are finding these things to be true. And what happened was that as people then began to realize that the earth is not the center of the, of the universe, mm-hmm. then it became commonplace. And we would say, yes, of course that's true. Everybody realizes that true. that's true. Who would think that the earth is flat and that it's the center of the universe? And that's what's going to happen with all of these things, all of the things that we call paranormal, uh, all of the experiences that people have in near-death experiences, all of these are, are coming from the same reality, the, the reality that under, underpins the reality that we see around us. And as we learn about that reality, that greater reality, then we will change all of our worldviews. We'll understand things differently, and 
people would call it commonplace to know mm-hmm. that people are alive after they leave the body and that we can communicate with them. But it's going to take decades the same way it did with proving that the Earth is not the center of the universe. Greg, what about the scientists and the medical community who say that the brain dies uh, when the person dies? Yeah, and that is true. The The brain dies. So that part of it is true. The person dies. That part of it is not true. And so we know that that's true because of a, a number, a great number of reasons. Uh, we have people who uh, whose brains have died and their bodies have died and they communicate back to us. They communicate to their loved ones and and have conversations with them and talk about daily life and it's obvious that they're still alive they're still there in the life after this life uh, we have near-death experiences in mm-hmm. which uh, people should when they're in that state of anoxia and hypoxia when their the oxygen is not getting to their brains right. and they shouldn't remember anything they shouldn't have any experiences during that period of time but they come back and they have experiences they tell in great detail what happens and they remember the experiences and and if it were the up to the brain to be able to do that it would be impossible the brain couldn't do it because the brain is comatose at that time the brain is not functioning and so memory is the first thing to go because uh, you can't remember things when you have uh, oxygen deprivation Uh, But people come back and they remember things vividly. We've had uh, people who have been blind since birth. They've never seen a thing. They don't know what sight is. Mm -hmm. And they come back and they describe the operating room and the color of the ties. And one woman even described that her anesthesiologist had two different colored socks on that day. And so there are things that people who are blind, who have never learned to to see, that they experience. And the reason for that is because their mind is outside of the brain. And when they are having those experiences, they are having the experiences independent of a brain. And so we know that that's true. We we know that the fact that, that people are going to continue after the body dies, they are going to come back to us to speak. Mm -hmm. And all we need to do is to talk to them, and they're there waiting for us to ring the bell. Based on the research into the afterlife communication, Craig, what happens after someone dies? The period of death is a a period when the body stops functioning. The only reason the body stops functioning is because we we live in a world of cause and effects, Mm And so then we have to have a reason that the body's no longer, the person's no longer using a body. And so the body dies, but that's just for show. That's part of the play. When the body stops functioning, then the mind just keeps going on. Uh, Sometimes the mind will keep on going on and, and be in the same situation it was in before the body died. There's a story of a a man who came through uh, Leslie Flint, uh, a direct voice medium for the 20th century, and and he explained that he was on the battlefield in World War One, and and he jumped up out of the foxhole and was running towards the Germans and firing at them, and and pretty soon he was running at them and he was running past them. They were all running past him and they didn't even take any notice of me. He thought, this is strange, what's going on? And and so he kept running and he jumped in a foxhole and went to sleep and then as he awoke, then a soldier came to him who was a friend of his, but his friend had died two months before and he couldn't believe it and so then he understood that what happened was his mind kept on going on the earth plane 
His body had exploded. It was in bits and pieces, but he continued to live. And we know that the fact that a person can continue after the body dies and come back to us and tell us about what happened, we know that that's going to be, uh, we are going to continue. And there is no pain, incidentally. When the body dies, the person has no pain. So if you see a person who is uh, in the hospital and they're comatose, they are completely out and, and the body is writhing in pain, they are not in the body. They are not experiencing the pain. So we know that during that period of transition, there is no pain. There's simply an arrival on the other side. And then people on the other side come back to us and say, well, I couldn't. I didn't know what was going on. I, I was there one moment and then I was here the next. Wow. And it was just like waking up from a dream. You know, my wife has a saying that uh, my wife has been a nurse many years. She worked in the palliative units uh, of uh, McMaster University Hospital. And um, she said that the body is nothing more than a meat suit. That That's all it is. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, after your experience talking to those on the other side, uh, Craig, what is the description you get from those who you communicate with that... What is heaven like? When you talk about the life after this life, it's a wonderful experience for us. It's a time of rest. There are different levels so that people who have been cruel and violent and, and have done atrocities on this side of life, they will go into a darker area. Now, it isn't a hell. There is no such thing as a hell. That's a terrible mythology. But what they will do is they will live in an, an area that suits their mental state. And because their mental state is dark and, and, and they will live other with other mm -hmm. people who are also in that mental state. So there's a lot of shouting and screaming and, and uh, all this, uh, these other things. They say that it's darker, it's a little darker. And so they'll go to there because that's their state of mind. They're creating that world with each other. Those of us who are normal, you and I, we are going to go to a place called Summerland. And Summerland is much like the Earth. People who wake up there say they think they're dreaming. They just can't imagine it because it's just like Earth. And what happens in Summerland is that they will go on to live in a house. They, there are streets, there are cities, you can go fishing, you can ride a motor motorcycle, you can, you'll meet with friends, you'll go to mm. concerts, and all of the things that we love about the Earth Plane are there, but it's much more wondrous, and it has none of the drawbacks. There are no law enforcement officials, there are no physicians because there is no sickness there is no old age in the life after this life so we know now mm. what it's like we know that it's a wonderful time and we can look forward to it because we will be with the people and the pets that we love when we get there what about people craig who have committed suicide what happens to them in the afterlife people who have committed suicide are met with great understanding and compassion They've been through a lot. There's yeah. been something that has made them decide that they wanted to end their life. And so then there is there's love for them. There's compassion for them. And they go on to the next life and, and they then will sometimes receive counseling. There are people mm. there who are professional counselors. Wow. They work with people who have gone over to the next life. But there, it is not a happy time, though, and people have to realize that when someone takes their own life and they go into the next life, all of the people who are there that love them, who had gone on before them, all of them are extremely sad. 
And the worst part of it is that they then, the people who are on earth, who are grieving desperately, who are feeling guilty and wondering what they did wrong and, and why did this happen, they are feeling, the person in the life after this life who has gone there is now feeling all of their feelings because the minds are transparent. We feel other people's feelings. So they're feeling all these feelings. And, and the loved ones who have gone on before who are there are also feeling all these feelings. So it's it's not a, a happy time. Uh, it's a compassionate time. It's mm-hmm. a time of concern. But it is not something that's to be looked forward to. It does not erase all of the problems that were on the airplane. They're still there. And, and so people should stay with the, the course, stay with their lives now. But if they do commit suicide for some reason, then they're met with great compassion in the life after this life. But what about the children who are conceived, who are, who are in stages of development? Then for one reason or another, they don't make it. They die, stillborn, or whatever the case may be. What about the, these children? Yeah, and that includes abortions. Oh, so it does, right? any, Anything that happens, right, anything that happens... People assume that that, that that fetus is the being, that is the person, and that's not true. The, the fetus is just a piece of flesh. It's on the earth plane. It is not part of who we are in eternity. And so when a person is uh, aborted, what is important is that the individual, that person who would have been in that fetus, who would have been as a child, that person then is born in the life after this life if the mother loves that child. If there's love for that fetus, it's their love for the for the child that would have been born, then that person is born in the life after this life and grows up there. We have wonderful stories of people who have had reunions not realizing that they had children. Uh, one woman, uh, when she went over, she discovered that she had two children. And they came over to her and, and met her and talked to her and, and, and described who they were. And she realized then they were miscarriages. Oh There's two gosh. children. But because she loved them, she grieved for them when they did not come through to become children in this life. Because of that, and they were born in the next life, they're growing up there, and they had a wonderful reunion in the life after this life. And that will happen with anyone who loves that child that would have been born, regardless of the reason that they were not born. It could have been from abortion, could have been from miscarriage or stillbirth. But whatever the reason, if they were loved, they will grow up in the life after this life, and there will be a wonderful reunion. Explanation, my guest this hour is Dr. R. Craig Hogan. Seekreality.com, I believe. Is it calm or org? I keep on getting that. It's calm. It is calm. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada right here on your hometown radio, Classic 1220, and streamed around the world on classic1220.ca. Don't go away. She serves them whiskey and wine. They'll say, they'll say, Brandy, With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
And welcome back, Dr. R. Craig Hogan is our special guest. Uh, the website is seekreality.com, and we're talking about afterlife studies, afterlife communication, and the nature of reality. And you're listening to us right here on your hometown radio, Classic 1220, streamed worldwide on classic1220.ca. And Dr. Hogan, where does reincarnation fit into this entire afterlife scenario? People don't realize what reincarnation is. We're finding out much more about it now than we did before. There were Eastern religions who had a predisposition, a feeling about what reincarnation Mm -hmm. is. And we've discovered that that from those living in the life after this life, when they come back and tell us what happens there, then we're getting a whole different picture of it. So what happens is that there is a higher self. We are part of a higher self. And our higher self has many individuals in it, thousands of individuals in it. And that higher self then will want to finish something that happened in a lifetime of a person who was incarnated on Earth. And to be able to learn those lessons, that something that a person didn't learn, they will incarnate a, di- a new person, a new individual will grow up in the earth plane and will go through lessons and understand and grow in love and compassion and all of the things that they didn't before. And so what happens is when our lives are being planned and, and they are all being planned, all of the major events in our lives are planned including the exit points, when the planning is going on and our soul is there and our soul then is connected to the higher self and guides and others who are interested in us sit around and they will plan our lives. And what they do then is they will take frameworks from other people's lives, things that the people didn't learn, uh, things that they would like to experience now. And so they'll take a framework from someone else's life Mm -hmm. and they will make it part of our life so that we can learn the lessons they didn't learn. And that framework then gives us a, a unification with them. We are effectively entwined with them. And as a result of that, then uh, people then will have past life regressions and the past life regressions are of other people who live in the higher self. So what happens is we as an individual, we continue to be an individual when they when you go on to the next life and we continue that through eternity. We will always wow. be the individual. We will never then change or come back or be be another person we will stay the individuals that we are. And then we get that message clearly from the people living in the life after this life. But we, our lives are, could be formed around a mm-hmm. framework of another person's life in the higher self. And that's where the entwinement comes. That's where the interaction and the past life regressions come from. So we will stay as individuals. That's the, the final note about reincarnation. There, Other individuals in our higher self will incarnate and they will live their lives and then we will understand and learn from what they've learned in their lives. But we'll always be the individual. 
All right, we know that the goal is never-ending. There's an, you know, we keep on going till the end of eternity, wherever that may be. But where did all this start, Craig? It never had a beginning. It never will have an end. So what we're going through now, if we can compare what our lives are like mm-hmm. now in the earth plane, and we have horizons that we see, we can see to a horizon of what life could be like later, what if it was ideal, what our lives would be like. So we can see that horizon. But when we get to that horizon, then when we're in the life after this life and we're learning lessons there and we're growing in love and compassion, when we get to that horizon, we'll see there's another horizon. And then after we get there, then we'll they'll see another horizon. Mm-hmm. We continue to live through all of these horizons. And it's not difficult to imagine that, for instance, the same way that a chipmunk is much different from a human being. There's so much that a chipmunk would have to go through right. to learn all of the lessons that we're learning to become a human. In the same way, we are like chipmunks. We're mm-hmm. just babes now. And we are going to continue to learn in ways that we can't even imagine. We can't see that horizon yet. But when that horizon is available to us, when we can see it, then we can move towards it. We can grow. We can, can become. And eventually we become celestial beings. And celestial beings then don't have a need for things of the earth. They don't have a need for body. They don't need to, to have things like eating and drinking and so forth. And when we become celestial beings, then there's still another horizon after we become celestial beings. So we, we never stop growing. We never stop becoming. And we can't even see the destination to which we're all going. The information that we gather throughout our many lives, does is that shared with other, other souls, other spirits, other entities who are also eternal? Yes. We're, in other words, we're, we are growing humanity. As we grow as individuals within the Earth School, we are growing humanity. And all of these lessons that we're learning then are going to be shared so we can go into them and in our higher selves, there are many individuals, and we can actually get to know those other individuals. We can become friends with them, and, and we can then go back and look at their lives. We can go back and experience the things that they experience. We can't go back and actually be in that life, because uh, that life then is theirs as an individual. But we can experience everything they experienced, and we can learn from what they've learned. So we're going to continue learning, and then we will learn things from people who have had various experiences. We can learn from Mother Teresa uh, in the life after this life. We can learn from Adolf Hitler in the life after this life. We will, mm-hmm. we will be able to learn all the things that were going on in their lives and all the reasons that they did what they did. And, and through that, then, we will continue to grow, and we will become a different person. The people that we get to meet in Summerland and when it is decided that for one reason or another we we get reincarnated, we come back, do we just come back to this planet, this plane that we call Earth or or are there other dimensions, other universes, other realities that we may go to? Yes, and, and that other individual who is part of a higher self that is going to be incarnated can go into, they describe it as millions of different planes and spheres. And, 
And all of these are available to us. It's more than we can ever fathom because the universe, the what we know as life, as reality, is much greater than we can imagine. They tell us that even on the planets, uh, for instance, on the Earth plane, there are different dimensions. In other words, it isn't just what we see. It isn't just what we experience in the Earth plane. There are underlying dimensions of other beings who are living here and and the same is true of the other planets, of the other solar systems. We've, we've had communication with people from the from Sirius and and from Andromeda, and and they're living there, but we can't see them. So if we put a telescope on Mars mm -hmm. and look at it, we don't see anything there. But in another dimension on that planet on Mars, there are other beings who are living. There are other spiritual beings. They're very much like us. So then uh, there are millions of these planes and, and the person who is incarnating can go to any of them and then can learn lessons and come back and tell us about what was going on and let us experience what was going on. How hard is it to communicate with those who have passed to the other side, especially if they're on Mars or on Sirius or on in another dimension, in another universe, in another time? How do yeah. we find them? We can't find them, and that, that's part of the problem. We can cue into any person who's living in the life after this life and have communication with them. So we, we have to cue them up. In other words, we have to have some sort of a relationship with them. So every person can communicate with their family. There are methods that people can use that are 98% successful, and our method is self-guided afterlife communication. We teach people how to do that in the comfort of their home while they're sitting in the living room, and they go through the training program. It's free. It's online. It's something that we offer people because we want them to be able to communicate. So 86% of the people can do it. So we know that there are various ways, at least 15 ways that people can communicate with their loved ones living in the life after this life. All they have to do is learn how to do it. And if they learn how to do it, then they can cue them up. Now, we can't cue up someone like uh, uh, like Albert Einstein. Mm -hmm. So in other words, we don't have that affinity. We don't have that communication with them. If we could cue them up, if we had some sort of a personal relationship with right. them, then we can cue them up and we would be able to communicate with them, but we don't have. So what we can cue up, what we can then contact is our loved ones who are living in the life after this life and other people who are interested in us, who just have taken a liking to us and are, are interested in helping us develop and they will communicate with us because they are queuing up for us. So we can't queue up the people who are living in the uh, Andromeda galaxy or who are living in, in Arcturus uh, so we can't cue them up, but we can cue up our own family with 98% success. All you people have to do is learn how to do it. And where can they learn how to do that again, Craig? Well, it's on uh, seekreality.com. There, uh, there are links to these methods of communication. We also have on afterlifeinstitute.org, which is the after research and education afterlife institute. And if they want to go to afterlifeinstitute.org, we have lists of mediums that they can contact. Mediums can be contacted over the phone. It's the same as being with the person in an office because there is no space in the life after this life. There's no space in the greater realities. So they can have readings with qualified mediums. And they're on the list that we have on afterlifeinstitute.org. So I'd invite people to get on it. 
the method that I teach, uh, that I developed for self-guided afterlife communication that persons can use in their own living room is at afterlifeinstitute.org slash self-guided. And, but if they go to the Afterlife Institute, then that will guide them to that. It will take them to that page. And so then anyone can learn to communicate with their loved one living in the life after this life. That's the important thing. We have many ways of doing it, some of them with a psychotherapist sitting at a psychotherapist's office. And we have the lists of the psychotherapists who are doing this work. There are hundreds of them today. And so anyone can do it. We just have to find out the right way for each individual. If we can communicate with them using these techniques and these methods, is there any way they can communicate with us to initiate their communication? Yes, and they do that. They, they communicate with us all the time. So we're getting the messages. They're just in our subconscious, and they don't bubble up into our awareness. But they're communicating with us all the time. They, have, they are trying to give us help. They're trying to give us guidance. They can't interfere with our lives, but they do give us guidance. And we've had people who have been contacted with it by their loved ones living in the life after this life. It takes a special effort for them to do that. They have difficulty communicating with us just as we have with them. And so then it's unusual for a person to do that. But we've had people who do that and have written books about it. There's a woman named Annie Kagan who uh, has had her brother contact her after he had transitioned and and he started describing things about the life after this life and she wrote a book about it uh, called the afterlife of billy fingers billy fingers was his name and so some people have had their loved ones come to them but we can't just wait for them to come what we can do is we can initiate the communication people just have to sit down and relax and let themselves go and and go into that communication, and they will be able to communicate with their loved one. All right, Craig, thank you very much. We've got to take our final break for this hour. Exonation, Dr. R. Craig Hogan is our special guest. Seekreality.com. Are you a skeptic or are you a believer? Send me your emails, exxon at classic1220.ca. I'm Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada right here on your hometown radio, Classic 1220, and streamed worldwide on Classic1220.ca. And find the place that's safe and warm. It's not too Welcome back, everyone. This is the final segment of tonight's two-hour show. My guest is Dr. R. Craig Hogan, and we're talking tonight in this hour about the afterlife studies, afterlife communication, and the nature of reality. In hour number one, we had Stephen Bassett talking about the new laws, legislation, congressional hearings on UFOs and UAPs. 
And uh, this is great explanation. I really appreciate each and every one of you listening to us, no matter if you're in the province of Ontario, if you're listening to us in the state of New York, if you're listening to us in the state of Pennsylvania, right here on your hometown radio, Classic 1220, or anywhere in the world on Classic1220.ca. Man, 30 years and counting, thanks to you, the Exxon Nation. If you'd like to find out more about our guest this hour, our Craig Hogan, visit his website, seekreality.com. Craig, is there a negative aspect to the afterlife, for example? Are there demons? Are there devils? Are there those monsters that so many people think of because of Hollywood? Yeah, there are realities that we are just beginning to understand. So we're still primitive. We're still children in the woods. We are just beginning to realize that our lives intersect with other lives and that there are beings who are entities who are, who are unseen, but they are among us. We know that that's true. And there are different forms. Some of them are loved ones who are coming to us and spending time with us where we are. Others are, are more malevolent. There are such things that we might call demons. They're, they're shadow people, and, and there are other entities who would rather not see humankind advance because if we advanced, then they would disappear because they're thought forms. In other words, they exist because of anger and hatred and, and all of the violence that's in the world today. But if we then became loving and compassionate and we loved each other like brothers and sisters, then they would disappear. They would no longer have lives. And so they have a, a survival instinct and they, they will do things to maintain their lives. There are such things as poltergeists. There are people who, who do haunt areas. It's just a human per being. It's a person who has left the body. They're no longer in the body, but their mind, their selves are still alive and they're walking among us. And so then they may try to get our attention. They may try to get our attention by rattling things or making things happen. And so these are realities that we're just beginning to understand. It's like like we're, we're learning a whole new life, a mm -hmm. whole new world that we're opening up and beginning to understand that we didn't understand before. But the things that are rumors about the entities and about shadow people that uh, are difficult to understand, they are true. These are real people who are living among us. All right. When it comes to the entities, uh, the negative entities that, that seem to, if I understood you correct, perish after, um, because we are good, we are loving, we are kind, and they no longer have a place to, to hang out, where do they go? Uh, then they will go on. If they were a human being, if they were on the earth and now they're called earthbounds and they're walking around on the earth and it's still the mind, but they were individuals who were on the earth plane, they will advance. So they will go on. They will learn. There are counselors who come down and try to help them. And and when you talk about people talk about going to the light, yes. going to the light. And, and that is a real phenomenon that people are wandering on the earth plane and they won't go into the next life. Going into the next life is then sometimes called the second death because they are finally realizing that they, they don't have a life on the earth anymore. They can't communicate with people and people don't know they're there. And so they finally will go on to the next life. But those people then, if they are human beings, they were human beings, they may wander around on the earth for centuries 
uh, and they will finally then go on. Those who are demons, who are thought forms that exist and, and they are negative towards the earth, they will simply go away, just like a thought goes away. And so they will have no more life, they won't exist anymore. And so then they then will be eradicated when people become loving and compassionate and there's no room for those people, for the thought forms that are evil. But if we remain and we come back and we go to Summerland and if we are to understand that we are all created by the same entity from the same beginning, how come we are able to eradicate evil and how come they don't get another chance at existence? What happens is that we are continually evolving. All of humankind is evolving. We as individuals, the people on the other planes, they're evolving as well. All people are evolving towards greater love and compassion. So when we evolve, as we continue to evolve through eternity, then all the people who were at a lower level, who might have been violent or might mm -hmm. have been murderers or, or, or been incestuous, they, they then are going to evolve eventually. They're going to evolve out of that, and they're going to become more loving and more compassionate. Now, the, those who, entities who never were human, they were only thought forms. In other words, they were... They were formed out of the evil feelings and evil thoughts. We've had instances of descriptions of even people who are still living in the earth plane who are so full of rage and so full of anger and, and violence that they actually create a, a thought form, mm -hmm. and that thought form then can affect other people. Uh, so we have instances of that. But then those thought forms then are just thoughts. They're not, they don't have an existence. And they eventually then will simply dissipate. There won't be any more of them. There'll be no room for them. And so then they will be gone and, and they don't go anyplace. They simply evaporate. Craig, I would imagine that if we have souls, there are other living entities on this planet that also have souls. And I'm thinking in particular about our pets, our fur babies, the the animals that we cherish so closely as as even family members. Will we get to see them on the other side as well? Yes, and we hear this repeatedly. And there are wonderful stories that people who live in the life after this life come back and tell us about their first person who, or the first entity or the first being who came to them when they made the, the transition into the next life was that beloved pet. And so we know that our pets are there. And they're there because we love them. And so then they will live their lives with us. They'll be able to communicate with us. So they mm. do, will communicate telepathically with us. We had one instance in which a man came through and, and he described what happened after his transition. He said that he had been ill and didn't know what was going on. And, and then he found himself waking up in the middle of a field and, and everything was beautiful and light and warm. And it was a wonderful experience to wake up in the middle of this field when he had been sick. And, mm -hmm. and he saw somebody coming towards him. And, and as he looked at him, he could see that it was his horse, Nellie was the name. And Nellie was his horse. He was a rag and bone merchant, which means he had a horse, horse that drew a cart and he would go around and, and gather rags and bones and anything he could sell. 
And so he was a rag and bone merchant and Nellie was his horse and he just loved Nellie. Nellie was his whole life and Nellie then died before he did. And so Nellie was gone and and when he woke up in the life of this life, working up, waking up in a meadow, there was Nellie coming towards him. And what he said was, he said, uh, well, I, I saw this uh, being that was coming towards me and I was so happy to see her. And it wasn't one of my ex-wives, thank God. <laughs> and, and so Nellie came to me and nudged me and, and we just caressed and, and we had a wonderful reunion. So we know our pets, we know the animals that we love are going to be there. They're the first among the first that are going to be coming up to us and jumping on us and, and showing their love for us. And we'll be able to read their thoughts so they will be able to communicate to us about how much they love us. Craig, you mentioned ex-wives. What happens when you do pass, go to the other side, and let's say, I, I, I know a friend who's been married three times. He's got three ex-wives. What happens? Does he meet the ex-wives? Do the ex-wives then look at him in a different light? Is there still the animosity that they may have when they left this planet? Yeah, it's just the same as it is on this side of life. So we can choose to live with whoever we want to live with. And so if a person had three ex-wives, then he could live with all three of them. They could all live together or he can live with one of them or, or we can live with none of them. And it's a free will choice. So that means that somebody may be disappointed. One of the ex-wives that really wanted to live with him is not going to be able to do it. It's, but we have the free will choice, just like we do on the earth plane. And so then a person then will choose who they want to live with. And if a person was uh, abusive yeah. on this side of life, then if an uh, abusive person is on that side of life, when the person, the child, the, the individual who is being abused goes into the next life, they do not ever need to see them. So in other words, they don't have to ask for that. If they have this feeling of this fear, of this desire not to have contact with them, they will never see them. They will never have contact with them. If at some later time they decided they wanted to reconcile or they wanted to work on that relationship, then they could make the decision to do that. But it's a free will decision. What will happen in the next life will be the way that we want it to be and the way that others want it to be, and they will then coalesce into whatever it is, the arrangement that is best for all of us. And that is something that we will decide. Yeah. It's a free will choice. Is it possible that the next life is just a holographic life? No, it's a real life, just like this life. This life is, is not a hologram. You're right. Uh, it, is, yeah, it, it is not a, a, a virtual reality. Uh, it, this is a, a real life, mm -hmm. and it's a real life in the same sense that it's a real life when we are dreaming. Uh, when we're dreaming, we have people in our lives, we have, we have pets, and we do things, and, and all of those things are happening when the body is asleep. So we're having sensations, experiences, and those experiences that we have in the dream are real experiences. So this life is, is very much like that. Mm -hmm. What we look at when we look at the basis of reality, which we say is uh, atoms and subatomic particles, and all of that really is describing consciousness. It's describing the mind, because at the basis of it all is consciousness, our universal intelligence. And so then our universal intelligence has the same properties in this life as it does in the next life or in any of the other planes of existence. All of them have 
a really solid reality. If we looked into it, we would see the atoms and some particles. And, and so then all of it is just as real as this mm. life. So when we go into the next life, it, we're not even going to realize that there's a difference until we see the wonderful, beautiful things around that we could not expect it we're going to be there. And then, then we realize this is another life. My loved ones are there. My pets are there. It's a solid life. I'm enjoying my life there. And, and then it is a real life that is just as solid as this life. Craig, as always, whenever you're with us, time goes by so fast, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us, Craig. And to you and yours, the very best of the new year. And Dexo Nation, if you'd like to find out more about our guest this hour, Dr. R. Craig Hogan, visit reality, seekreality.com. Well, that's it for tonight, Exo Nation. I'll be back tomorrow night at uh, 10 o'clock as once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exo. As you know by now, it's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. And we're here Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. until midnight on your hometown radio, Classic 1220. So until next we meet, my good friends, take care of each other and always remember... Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. From everyone here to everyone out there, good night, everyone. <laughs>